You're listening to the Two Tongues Podcast. And now your hosts, Kyle and Chris. The shorty. That was an accident. I didn't mean to play the short intro, but I did. <laughs> I like the short one. We're just going to let that... Just get right the fuck into it, you know? Yeah. And I could just let that uh, music just roll. I think it just rolls for minutes. Minutes? Yeah. So it's not that short. Shout out to Seven Star Marketing, Keith Keith Johnson, the guy, the guy that wrote that little jingle for me. All right. Good morning. Guten Tag. Welcome, everyone, to the Two Tongues Podcast. We got Josh back on the podcast today. I think what we're going to do, rather than interview Josh, is we're just going to let Josh be tongue number three. You just be tongue number three. You just be the fly on the wall of the conversation and, uh, you know, join in. Sounds good. Nice little slurp there. What's new since the last time we talked last week, Josh? Anything new? Oh, uh, anything new? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, um, you mean you know that? Uh, how do I say this without saying it? <laughs> you know that big girl that went to school with you and Jenna that's freaking in love with me? Um, I yeah, I think I know who you're referring to. All right, well. Is her, does her name start with a, does she, is her name start with a T? Yeah. Okay, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, big rhinoceros bitch. Anyways, uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, she came into a bunch of money. Oh. I mean, and, and, and we're not going to talk about how or else it'll give away everything. But, yep. So I was out to eat with her last night. And by the end of the conversation, she done bought me so much shit on the damn internet. Oh no! <laughs> she wants to be she wants to be my bitch so bad <laughs> that I mean I, I mean I haven't felt this way for a long time. Like she's really trying, bro. Like, and how do you feel about that? You feel like that's that's too much work, or do you feel or what? No, I just there's no traction. I, I don't. You know, it's like, a, yep, that's a I don't problem. know if I could sexually function with this elephant bitch. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's just no attraction. Is this the girl that we went to the Godsmack concert with? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle knows her. Kyle knows her. So listen, I find this, I find this topic very interesting for a couple reasons. All right. So for the, for the audience's benefit, um, my brother's five years older than me, so old enough that when we were in school together, it wasn't like my friends were his friends, or he or he was even like in the in the dating world with girls from my class because it was too it was too many years different. However, that didn't stop one of those girls from getting it on with a bunch of his friends, and that's the same girl we're talking about who's been hanging on for years, bouncing around your friend group. Um, two two come to mind, and I don't know if it was more than two, but two people come to mind. Um, uh, how did that happen, man? How did that happen in the first place? Dude, are you asking me how the fucking Yamp's minds work? Because I won't be able to answer that question. Not in my cognitive state. No, I mean, how did uh, how did she get wrapped into your your group, your social group? Uh, like, how did that happen? Uh, it's not really that weird for girls to hang it, out with it, older guys. It, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Oh, I'm sorry. No, Go you're ahead. good. You're good. Wasn't it Brian? It was Chad first. Oh, what? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, dude. It goes way rest back. Rest in peace, my dude, Chad Jordan. Yeah, yeah, rest in peace, yeah. My dude. I love that little short fucker. I miss him. I, ba- I barely remember him. He, I, he seemed Bro, like, what? He, seemed he like, was awesome. He seemed like a good guy. 
Oh, he was awesome, dude. There was nobody cooler than that dude. He was still awesome. He was like four foot eight. No, I mean, like, like no, I don't want to exaggerate to my dude. Rest his soul. He was probably five two, but he acted like he was seven foot tall. I mean, and I don't know if that's that like. Well, it, it was more that it was more that he knew that if shit hit the fan, that there was an army he could call. And he was right. Yeah. You know how many times that I've sped off in the middle of the night to save his ass? A lot. A couple times came the fucking blows. A couple times I had to yank motherfuckers off of him. And, and just to hear him talk shit, when I put, like, you would see him swell up when I would, when me or anybody would pull into the parking lot. You could see his attitude change and, <laughs> and, and the disagreement he was having. Like, he'll be like, yeah, but you did it first. And, then, and I'll pull up and his whole chest would swell up. And he'd be like, well, fuck you, man. <laughs> <laughs> so did, did Chad have the Napoleon complex or only when you you guys were around? Only when he had backup? No, he didn't have the Napoleon complex as much as he had the, <sighs> the fucking Jerry Mathis complex. Like, he just thought he was alpha of all alphas. And how dare you? Mm. It wasn't that, you know, he was small and it just angered him so that he would start shit with people because he was small. Mm. It was more, how dare you? Like, I, like he just, like, this is a good story. We were at Kroger's and he just got that angel tattooed on his forearm and it was all in red. Mm. The whole tattoo was in red. And it, no, it was a devil, but it looked like an angel. He had an angel and a devil on both forearms. Anyway, one was black and gray and the other one was all red. And he had it wrapped in, you know how they wrap it in like fucking foil or yeah, whatever. Yeah, like when you, or not foil, like yeah. the red wrap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're we're in line at Kroger's getting like petroleum jelly or some kind of shit. I don't know. We had just left the tattoo parlor. And uh, this old woman, she was like, man, she was old. You know, she had the neck hanging and, the, you know, it was just like super old. Like she used to be fat, but now she's just like hanging everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she said, oh, my God, what's wrong with your arm? And without a breath, he said, bitch, what's wrong with your neck? (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't even stand. Like, I almost fell down in Kroger because that was just, that was how he was, bro. I mean, no hesitation, no thought, not one microsecond in between. Just bang, bang. And it was the funniest shit. And I think it was because it was a couple people with him and you know. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, it was fun. I mean, what's the eight year old woman gonna do anyway? It was just his thought pattern that the first thing to come to his mind was, Bitch, what's wrong with your neck? <laughs> you know, got, instead and, of anything else. And he's got no filter and no respect for the old lady, which is sad, but you know, teenagers. Boys will well, be boys. What, but his grandma raised him. He didn't have parents. Oh uh, yeah. And his right. grandma raised him and he used to cuss her all the way up and down to the point where I was gonna smack him. One time, I was going to smack him. I was, I was offended the way he, he told her she smelled like dust and fucking uh, what? He, what else did he tell her? He told her some other foul shit. Uh, anyway, and she, he's just running his mouth, talking all this shit because she won't give him any money, right? And I'm just over in the background, just getting irritated at Chad for this because, man, that's your grandma that raised you. That's like your mom. 
and you're like, you got a mean face, and you're like saying mean shit, and like you're not trying to be funny, like you're trying to be hurtful, like you're being mean. Yeah, that's not good. And no sooner that I could stand up, a fucking plate come flying out of the kitchen and blasted him in his in his shit. Dude, she threw so many plates at him and then chased him up the stairs. She was so spry for being as old as she was. Okay. And then I noticed, I noticed right then. <laughs> she didn't need my help. She was whooping his ass the day he was born. And he was just a crazy, loud mouth kid that, you know, that's just how he was. Yeah. Hey, si- side question. How much, how much money did she come into? What are we talking about here? We're talking about uh, like $60,000. Woo. All right. Yeah, and all I got was a damn fucking hoodie and some joggers. But so what? It's better than nothing. Well, it was not your sixty thousand dollars, so I think it's I think it's good. Yeah, because uh, I don't really need much. I don't really want much. Anytime I want something, I I try my best to get it. I think I even asked you for the fucking hoodie, didn't I, Chris? You sure did. Yep. Yeah, I called you. I was like, yeah, I want this real bad. But no, so yeah, I mean, she was like, yeah, look at all this money I got. Blah blah blah. So you know, the first thing I did was check out this hoodie, bitch. You know. <laughs> God. She bought it. God. She, she bought it. So. What kind of hoodie are we talking about? No, nah, it's just it just matched a pair of shoes. It wasn't even fancy. It was like sixty bucks. So let me ask you this question, man. Um, yep. man this is a very sensitive. I don't even, I don't even know if I want to go down this road, but I'm going to try. Go ahead, fuck it. Why not? You already started. I try delicately. All right. So th- listen, man. There are certain benefits of of being in a relationship, there are certain benefits of having a woman around who, who loves you. Who are you talking to? I'm talking to you, you man. I, know I know you know this, but I'm trying to put it... I'm, let me just finish this thought, bro. Um, you know, you, you were saying that you're that you don't, you don't know you're not really attracted to her sexually and that that might be a problem. But I'm like, is it is it really a problem? I mean... I yeah. I'm with it. I'm with Josh <laughs> on this one. Golly, that is the major problem you could ever have. I mean, sometimes you got to make sacrifices for all the no, other things. No, there's no overcoming. No, 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 no. There's got to no, be something no. there. Like, maybe, I mean, she doesn't... Maybe she's not the perfect, like, physical specimen for you. Like, if you could design, you know, <laughs> yeah. maybe that... But there's got to be something there to keep you... You know, it's called a blowjob. All right, let me put it, let me just put it, let me put it out there for you, fuck. There's been, I mean, she's thrown it at me so hard so many times. You don't think I've attempted it? You don't. You, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Come see. on, I'm so, a, I'm a dog, bro. So you've tried you and failed. You, you've tried it. You've been down that road. No, I don't Dude, think I that's could, what he was saying. She come, she come up out the clothes, bro, and it was like, <laughs> like there was no. <laughs> Listen, I want to tell you. It was all I could do but to run. I want to tell you something. I want to tell you something contrary to this, and I don't know if you remember this. You probably don't. I met her when I was fourteen, okay, and uh, I went on a date with her one time when I was like sixteen. I didn't realize it was a date. Actually, we we went and saw a movie at the theater where I worked, and there was this awkward moment in the theater where I thought she wanted to kiss, and and I we didn't. But anyway, the point is, during that time, like when I first met her. Uh, of course, remember, I'm putting myself in the mind frame of, you know, teenage Chris. She was, she was hot, man. Back then, she was absolutely, she had this punk rock thing. She, you know, she had this thing where she was like, um, you know. Yeah, she still got that punk rock vibe a little bit. Yeah, but but back then she was fit. She still had like a big, like a big butt. And, 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 all, and some guys, I mean, nowadays it's, it's 
you know, it's all, it's, it's fine. Yeah. Back then it wasn't as accepted. She had kind of big hips and a big butt, which was fine. Um, but she, but other, other, other than that, man, she, she, she was fit, you know, and, uh, pretty. Bro, she's still not, if she's still the same, she's not big upstairs. She's got a dump truck downstairs, and, <laughs> you know, and the, and the big, the, the thighs, they're like, each one is like bigger than my waist. And, just kind of like that Akhenaten shape. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it, bro. I just can't do it. Okay, all right. We're going to have to get off this get off this subject before before the feminists come out of the woodwork. Fuck the feminists. No. Yeah, fuck them. Yeah. Uh, but listen, man, that Akhenaten shape is a funny fucking joke. Because, it, because listen, <laughs> it's true. It's true, first of all. And secondly, you only get that joke if you if you have some interest in archaeology, you know, it's hilarious. Right. Um, I also I also want to say at some point, because uh, Josh is um, we're, we're doing this by phone, this 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 interview. If my phone rings at some point, um, I'm going to have to pause this podcast because I've got a I've got a guy coming out to look at my furnace today. I'm just letting you know, man. That's all, that's all good. And and speak about your sound quality. I didn't hear the intro, so I don't know what, oh, uh, what that was about. No. Okay, well, it it was it, it was actually just a short. It was the. It doesn't matter, man. It, it, it's on the recording. Um, okay. All right. So um, let me let me pull out the first topic. Unless you got one, Kyle. Well, well I mean, I've got you know, but. You go ahead. I'll pull, I'll pull out the first topic. This is something that uh, I brought up at the very end of the conversation we had with Daniel Torridon, uh, where I said there was some cool shit about Atlantis that I saw. And when I bring up that subject, I always feel like my brother would have some shit to say about Atlantis because he, like me, enjoys some of those wilder mysteries of history. And, uh, and Atlantis is one of them. So, Josh, did you listen to the... Uh, Joe, I think it was Joe. Yeah, Joe Rogan and Randall Carlson like a couple weeks ago. No. All right, so you definitely want to listen to that. And if you haven't heard his other podcast with Randall Carlson, you're going to want to listen to those. Randall Carlson, blah, blah, blah. Randall Carlson is awesome. Didn't he go on with Graham Hancock? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a couple he did. of times. So you know Graham Hancock. I obviously. heard the one. I heard the one with both of them together. Yeah. yeah okay. So this this most recent one. They bring up Atlantis and in a very interesting way because Joe, Joe's saying to him like, um, you know, you you've studied all this stuff for a long time. I think he's a geologist. Is he a geologist? I can't remember. I um, but uh, he's a really smart guy anyway. And he said that uh, he, Joe was like, look, where do you think the the most likely place is that Atlantis would have been if it were real? And he says, oh, hands down, like the, there, there's a front runner, hands down. And it's, it's the Azores, but uh, and I don't think that's going to be a surprise to you, Josh. You've you've probably heard that once or twice before that the Azores come up um, because there's there's these little islands that are off the coast of I don't know what if it's Africa or Portugal I don't know something like that, and it's just past the um, the Pillars of Hercules, right? The the Gibraltar, Straits yeah, of Gibraltar. Rocks of Gibraltar yeah. so it's just past that, and that's supposed to be where Atlantis was, past the you know Straits of Gibraltar. So this is what Randall Carlson says. He says that there's this, um, like, archaeological work or scans or whatever that were done that show there's this um, volcanic plateau down there underneath the water. And it's like a mountain, like a mesa. It's like a mountain, but it's flat on the top. Mm -hmm. Like somebody shaved off the mountain. And, you you know, you see that kind of shit pop up from time to time in different places. 
But he, the thing yeah, is, yeah, they're shaved off mountaintops in Nazca and shit. Like I know what you're talking yeah, about. Exa- exactly that kind of thing. And um, it's underwater right now, but it's not that deep underwater. So the idea, the idea was that at one point it may have very likely have been above the water when the sea levels were lower. And here's where it gets inter- here's where it gets interesting. When the sea levels were lower during the ice age, he said it's very possible that that, that there were people living there, and it, it, it's very nearby where the Azor Mountains are, or islands are today, where they kind of poke out of the water. It's all part of that same like geological structure. But here's where it, here's where it gets good. Back then, he said that the Gulf Stream would have been way different than it is today because of all the because the ice age, you know, because of all right. the differences right. going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right now it goes, it comes up from the Caribbean, it wraps around the east coast of the United States, and then it like swoops around over to the British Isles, and then it comes down. Mm-hmm. But back then, well, it does, it does, it does more than just over. It, it, it does like a like a half a figure eight out there in the middle somewhere too. It's like weird. Yeah. Well, this, this bit, yeah. This, this part of it, this part of it is what is what makes like England temperate today. You know, and. Back then, like 12,000 years ago, um, Carl Ruck says that the, uh, or Randall Carlson, sorry, he, he says that the, uh, that the Gulf Stream would have came way lower. So what, what would have happened was it would have came up from the Caribbean. It would have sort of like cut across the Atlantic and then rolled down along the coast of um, like Spain, Portugal, and Africa. So it would have cut right above the Azores. Literally, it would have cut, cut right above the Azores. And the reason he says this is important is because the Azores would have been like a subtropical paradise for the Ice Age, for the duration of the Ice Age. It's crazy. So while, while, while the people in the Northern Hemisphere were either frozen dead or just barely trying to survive, um, there would have been a little group, a little, a little pocket, you know, right off the coast of Europe where people would have lived well. And he's like, look, like, th- that like the south, like the south in the Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah, like this, the north. Yeah, but but yeah. you know how people say that like Atlantis might have had um, high culture, you know, like the like there might have been technology there, and the they were, they yeah. were, you know, if those people existed, they would have been really good seafarers, really good traders. So imagine if twelve thousand years, if during the Ice Age, twelve thousand years ago, there was a group of people that didn't that didn't get like beat to shit by the ice, right? Somebody that got to live, they got to continue to develop their culture for thousands of years while everybody else was just trying to survive killing woolly mammoths and shit. That's crazy. Then you might you might expect, though, those people living in that island would have had a high mm-hmm. level of culture. Yep. And all that shit corresponds to the legends of Atlantis. And I thought that was so, so cool, man. I personally believe that Atlantis did at one time exist. And what what do you think is the best evidence for that? Uh, it's definitely not Plato's mentions. I know that's like the only time it's mentioned in writing. Yep. But, you know, that dude wrote science fiction for the most part, so you can't really credit him all <laughs> like that. You're thinking of but, L. Ron uh, Hubbard, not Plato. No, I'm talking about Plato. He's the one that mentioned uh, Atlantis, not L. Ron Hubbard. Yeah, no, but Plato didn't write science fiction, bro. Yeah, but he didn't exactly write science fact either, did he, bro? He wrote philosophy. He was a philosopher. Well, philosophy from back then was kind of wonky. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I mean, I'm not saying he thought he was telling the truth. 
So, but so what, he, he wrote about Atlantis from a secondhand point too. Don't forget, yeah, he did. He wasn't there himself. He he wrote about it because he heard about it, and uh, that's why I can't really trust it. I do think it's interesting that the the time he puts on Atlantis, he says, I don't know, let's just say like 1,200 years before him, which I think might be close to the right number, uh, and all the best estimates for where um, I think it was nine Atlantis thousand. might have been. It's like it's possible wherever it is in that time period, it's possible. He said he said it was like nine thousand years before yeah. before some ruler lived in, oh, in okay. Egypt. I think. Um, That's a long time. A long time ago. I yeah. think the reason I believe it the most is because the kind of things that existed. Uh, let's just let's take ancient Egypt because I'm really tired of sleep last night and it's easier for me to remember that stuff. Let's take that for example. Things like the Baghdad battery. Yeah. Things like the Bandera bulb. Things like um you know uh uh, uh what is it, sulfuric acid and and, and seawater making ions and electricity like you know some people think that the pyramids were power plants yeah yeah i think there's some truth to that i'm not saying you could plug your iphone into it but i'm saying that i think it did make some kind of charge some kind of static electricity i mean look at those little baghdad batteries in them little pots with the copper and the yeah. sulfuric acid i mean they made a volt you know i mean yes yeah, what were they using that for and then there's that etching in the and 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 I forget. I'm tired. Yeah, the etching tired. of the Bandera ball, where it looks like a light ball, but the two guys holding it up. Yeah, 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 for sure. And yeah. how else would they? How else would they get those all that artwork so deep in those tombs with no torch marks on the ceilings and shit? Like so, they was fucking with some technology that we don't that we've forgotten. So is that is that the argument that for Atlantis that you think is the most powerful? That's the that, argument for high technology, like misplaced technology. But are you are you tying it back to Atlantis, or are you just saying it's it's a mystery all by itself? I'm just no, I'm just saying that that's clean, clear cut, believable evidence that four thousand years ago they had electricity and batteries and light bulbs, and I, and clear cut evidence that there was definitely high technology that we have forgotten and need to rediscover. And the way Atlantis was described was something like that, right? Very high culture, very high technology, metallic things, right? I mean, wasn't it? Isn't that the whole fucking deal about it? Well, I think there's a lot, a lot of that stuff gets read into the story, but but yeah, I mean, uh, I think so. I think that the at least in terms of their their weapons, their trade capabilities, their travel capabilities, they were considered. Ooh, you just brought some up in my mind, Chris. Right, Speaking of ancient weapons, yeah. Speaking of ancient weapons, please explain Greek fire. I can't, man. Uh, all yeah, I can, we still can't uh, to this day. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. So uh, I, I think was Greek fire invented by um, that crazy Greek um, mathematician guy that invented all the. Uh, he invented like he invented like a tank and a bunch of crazy shit. Anyway, no, um, <laughs> Da Vinci. No no no, 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 no. Way, way, way before Da Vinci. Um, well, no, they said it was gifted to them by Arch- one of their Archimedes. Fuckers. Archimedes is that who I'm thinking of? I don't. I don't know. Uh, I don't. I, I think what I heard about it was it was gifted to them from one. Of, you know, they got mythology gods and shit like. Uh, yep, mythology gods. Yep. Greeks have mythology gods. Yep, they're sure like do. they're like gods with the lowercase g. Yes. It was gifted to them by one of those divinities, like at the time when they walked with the people. Mm. 
Oh shit! Supposedly, Josh. but they used it for thousands of years, and the shit used to burn underwater. Like that shit's crazy, bro. I know. I'd love to know. So they had designed this thing to be to be launched at ships at sea, and and if you take seawater and you dump it on the fire, it makes the fire bigger. That's crazy. The, the the more these these the more these people panic trying to put the fire out, the quicker they die. That is a that is a gnarly thing. Greek fire. Yeah. Well, it's reminiscent of a Greece fire. Yeah. But there has been experiments done. Uh, I've watched so many shows, fucking MythBusters, and all kind of weird shit where they've tried to remanufacture it. Yeah. So if you try to take a Greece fire based thing, and I think what they did, I think was just you know, wrap the rag around a fucking wooden stick and fucking put Crisco on it. I don't know what the fuck they did, but they made a grease fire on the end of like a torch. Yep. And they put it in the water and the water kind of bursted kind of, you know, it splashed everywhere, but it went out as soon as it was submerged. And then they tried a petroleum based, uh, test where yep. they used gasoline or some kind of oil or something. Right. And it went out quite even faster mm. when it was submerged. And they tried every different thing, dude. And these people are smart people, and they could not think, find anything that would stay underwater, burning underwater. And we're not talking open flames; just stay hot, like an ember. See, I wonder, they couldn't even get something to stay hot underwater. See, I wonder if it like, if it was like something that floated on the water, like you would expect oil to. And, uh, you know, like like when the Cuyahoga River caught on fire. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the river was on fire, but not really. It was just coated in oil, and the oil was yeah. on fire. Um, you know what I mean? But if you put some kind of grease-based version in the water, what happens? There must be a way to yeah. get it to float on the water and burn. Yeah, there must be other qualities of Greek fire uh, that make it hard to explain because I- I'm pretty sure that we have things that will burn underwater now, like napalm. I think See, I'm not aware of any. If we do, I'm not aware of it. And if I, if 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 such things does exist, and that's got to be something close to what they were using. But the cool thing about it is, how long ago was that, Chris? I'm not good with the years. It was what, uh, what 2,500 Greek Greek fire. Yeah. Oh, that yeah, that goes way back. That, that goes back like you know 2000 BC or something like that. Yeah. So, four, so 4,500 years. Yeah. So goddamn, I mean, to have that that long ago, that's Talk about high technology. I think that no ancient civilization has ever reached the level of technology that we have generally. Um, but I do think that there is a chance that they had things that we don't even know about. You know, yeah, avenues that we were not even ex- that we're not even exploring. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, because you, you try to imagine like what form that would even take. Would it? You know, like. But but you're right. I mean, we it's very possible, and we would and it and it's possible that something like that could disappear and go, be be forgotten entirely. Mm-hmm. And that that's what Graham Hancock is, does such a good job of describing oh, yeah. when he says we're a species with amnesia. Yeah, just like you think about the impermanence of the way that we store things. You know, uh, I mean the mm. the most probably long living are is the oldest when they we just scratch things into stone. You know what I mean? That's the one that's gonna be around the longest. Um, I mean, you think about things like the fire at Alexandria, you know, who, I mean, and that's, you know, that's like a, what am I trying to say? It's like a common thing that people like, oh, the, the information that we could, but I mean, it's true, man. Who fucking knows? Who knows what was there? Yeah. Um, I, I, 
I'm sure you've heard uh, about people moving, like you know the uh, the giant stones. What's the word? Which one, the Carnac stones? Like the Megalith- megalithic stones, and it, just any of them. Uh, I don't know which ones in particular, but uh, the idea that maybe they were moved with some kind of sound, like a vibration yeah. thing. Yeah. No, I, I'm a big believer in that acoustic levitation because that can be reproduced. Yeah. Today we can do that. Yeah. yeah, you can you can buy things on like Amazon where they'll just, like yeah. sound will like make a ball float on your desk. I, I've seen that. It's like yeah, but it's just like a tiny little one gram ball. Still cool. Though. I mean, <laughs> there's a big difference between moving that and moving the fucking hundred tons. Yep. Mm. That's a good example but, uh, of of potentially lost technology. Mm-hmm. That's a good example. And and it didn't and it had to exist because I mean, man, it's hard for me to think. Uh, like, like, what about the Jericho story in the Bible? Yeah, interesting. You yeah. know, they blew the ram's horns, and then big ass walls came down. That had to be an acoustic weapon powered by the Ark of the Covenant. That was God, Josh. <laughs> yeah. was, was it? Was it? Hey, hey, what, it? Wh- while we're talking about history's mysteries, and we can stay on this subject as long as you want, because I love it. Um, wh- I, before we get too far off Atlantis, I want to mention another related mystery that I have always been fascinated with. Antarctica. Okay, listen. The Nazi base? Antarctica. Um, The idea, you know, there's two things basically that my mind goes to. One of them is the Perry Reyes map. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's where my mind goes. Yeah, the Speak on it. Exactly. So so the Perry Reyes map is one. The other one is the idea of um, uh, the procession of the equinox, or not the procession of the equinox, is that what it's called? The po- the pole shifting where the, the yeah okay the okay yeah. yeah those are the two things so so the Perry Reyes map for those people who don't know uh, if you if you watch ancient aliens or if you're a history nerd you probably have heard of it uh, I think it was a map from the 1500s that was copied from an older map and copied from an older 1514, map 1514 it was copied from the around the map keep going yeah and and so nobody really knows how far back this map goes um, and it was a mystery for a long time because no one could quite tell what it was a map of. And then at some point, somebody realized, and I don't know when this happened, but somebody realized that from the perspective of Antarctica, the map is... Iceless. Yeah, an iceless Antarctica. Mm-hmm. The uh, the map is a really good illustration of the southern tip of South America, the yeah. southern tip of Africa, as if you were drawing the map from the perspective of being on Antarctica. And the, and the strangest thing is, for being an old map and not very precise, you know, it had mountain peaks and river valleys and everything on it. Yeah, and and the the shoreline, which is buried underneath miles of ice, miles. Today, yeah, we can scan it and see what it looks like, and it matches vaguely what this Perry Reyes map looks like. That's a fucking mystery. Yeah. It matched more than vaguely, dude. You give credit where credit's due. <laughs> that shit was almost perfect. And and I don't know if you guys have ever seen like any documentaries where people go to Antarctica, especially by water. Those are some of the roughest seas from the southern tip of South America to Antarctica are some of the roughest, most dangerous seas in the world. It would have been really, really hard to get to Antarctica. It still is today. Yeah. And um, and so the idea of, of of the precession of the equinox that are that are the Earth is rotating, you know, at a forty five degree angle, and that 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 rotational axis actually spins like a figure eight. So over a long enough period of time, the Earth will sort of roll, roll around to a 45-degree angle the other direction. Like, if that's real, and I honestly don't know if that's speculation or real, that that might have put Antarctica 
further towards the equator at one point in time. And if it were iceless, could it have been Atlantis? Could people have lived there? And if so, how high a level of a technology could that have been if, let's say, the procession of the equinox took it back to the south where it got... Fro- Let me, know, I have to interject. Go ahead. I watched a documentary about Antarctica, and there's lots of, lots and lots, lots of places that are illegal for one from one government or another that you can't even go around. You can't even fly over. There are no fly zones. It's weird. Like That's there's weird places there that are definitely fucking weird. I'd love to know more about. That is weird. But what I'm yeah, what I'm going to talk about is <clears throat> this expedition got uh, got. Man, I'm fucking didn't sleep last night, dude. I can't find my word. Permission, because you have to have permission. You can't just land in Antarctica for fun. Yeah, yeah. you have to have permission for to go to one country's little area or not. When they got permission, because they found this cave, and this cave, when you get down into the cave, the ambient temperature was between sixty-eight and seventy-one degrees underneath this ice. And the cave was 30 feet high and as big as Manhattan. Jesus. It's a big-ass cave. So I, so I know— Can you believe that, bro? Well, I, I know that when you go down, when you, go down you know, below the uh, surface of the earth that you do end up with a stable temperature. That's, what, that's why we had, like, cellars for our food in the old days. You know, you, you bury them down. Um, but for it to be, like— 60 degrees that seems crazy. that seems pretty crazy it was between the, the, the temp they had they had all the gauges on their on their vest to gauge like toxic gases and radiation and temperature and humidity and everything was on there they had like a multimeter mm. and the multimeter didn't go below 67 and didn't go above 71 and they were riding four wheelers in there bro wide open like that's how large this place was they said when they was fully mapped out with light orange it, it was as big as Manhattan. Jesus. I mean, that that's pretty interesting to think that a place like that could exist in a place like that and people might actually ab- be able to survive. Above the ground, it above the ground it was like thirty degrees below zero with a forty mile an hour wind. It was just horrible. And then you go down in this cave and it's like fucking springtime in Kansas. Yep. That's that's how we're gonna live on Mars if we ever get there. That's how we're gonna live underground. Yeah, no doubt, man. Subterranean. Unless we can terraform it, bro. It's terraformable. It has poles. You can melt that shit. You can make an atmosphere. It's already got an atmosphere. All you gotta do is thicken it up. Yeah, that's what we need to do for sure. Terraforming is possible, dude. It's more than theoretical. It is definitely possible. Can you can you imagine if we could figure out how to get the moon? Let's say. To have a to have a magnetic, um, you know, because like the Earth is spinning with like a ball of magma in the middle, which is what causes this, um, you know, field of magnetism that protects us from solar flares and shit. We got to talk. We got to talk about solar flares too. Supposedly. By the way, <laughs> why? That's something more interesting is the moon doesn't rotate. I, I know it doesn't. That's one, that's one. That's like the only body in our solar system that stands still. It's freaky. Is it really the only one? Yeah, it's the only one. Every moon of every other planet rotates like the planet. That's nuts. Can you imagine if we yeah. if we could figure out a way to spin it like fucking like a giant basketball? Uh, basketball? Yeah, like fucking Kareem Abdul Jabbar just spin he's, that shit. He's probably big enough. I don't know. It controls. It controls too much with the uh, 
of of oh, yeah. tides. Oh, we, we, yeah. we drowned everyone. <laughs> yeah, you spend that bitch like Kareem, and it could be tsunamis for days, bro. Can you imagine if the moon, if we gave the moon an atmosphere and terraformed it, so it was like it was like a paradise it was like a it was like a resort for like a vacation destination where it's light you all know, the time that'd be awesome that'd be awesome in like a sci-fi movie but i think the terraform a planet has to have an existing atmosphere of some sort to start with yeah you know yeah and the moon doesn't so it's unterraformable well, to that, my to my understanding that begs the question can you create an atmosphere i don't think so right. i think you have to have a planet like chris said that rotates with the core that that's like with the whole foundation of it, of the atmosphere itself. Like it, it's magnetic in, in, in nature. I think you can do it. Have, Even <laughs> if it's thin, have either, it has to be there. Have thin you, layer of saran wrap <laughs> all the way around. <laughs> have, have, have either of you heard of the Carrington event? Nope. Rodney Carrington? Mm-mm. 1859, I think it was, the Carrington event. Josh, does that ring any bells to you? No, but I'm tired. I just I just read about it this morning, so it's not, I'm not like a genius to, yeah. to have to know this. Well, what was it? So the Carrington event. Well, apparently, there was a solar flare, a giant solar flare in the 1800s, that this scientist named Carrington observed. He, he was looking at the sun through his telescope. He was documenting like sunspots, but back then they didn't know what the fuck sunspots were. He he was trying to figure out what they were, and he noticed while he was watching them, he was like drawing them, he was mapping them. One, one, one of the sunspots burst. So he watched it turn into like a, like a bright light. Mm-hmm. So he, he basically documented the first solar flare, yeah. but it was a big one. And so f- apparently five minutes after that happened, uh, all of the telegraph lines in, in America and Europe were fried. Had, they were fried. So you know, this is the danger. If we have a solar flare, we have an electromagnetic pulse. It goes and fries all, yeah. of, our, our, all of our electronics. That happened. If it's just if it's a strong enough solar flare, it could penetrate the atmosphere. It could fry the Earth. If it's big enough. Yeah, for sure. It, it could strip the atmosphere away, and then, yeah. we're, and then we're just fucking open to whatever comes. I just had the thought, like, I wonder. It would be open to the space's vacuum if the if it was ever penetrated, everything would just get sucked out like a spacesuit. That's you would, scary. You would say that. I wonder if um, just the. Th- that's the first time anyone saw that, right? Mm-hmm. I wonder if maybe like the act of being observed caused it. You know what I mean? Oh God, I love that idea. That's crazy. <laughs> I love that idea. Like it, like that that kind of energy on it just caused it to explode. Wow. Well, he, you know, here's the crazy thing about the Carrington event. Not only did it, because this was the early days of uh, electrifying the the world, so not only did it fry like all those primitive electronics that were out there, the the, the telegraph lines, basically, but what it did is it. It created aurora borealis. It created the northern lights visible all the way down to like Florida, uh, Cuba. They saw dude, the, they saw the northern lights, huh? I just got scared, dude. Because if you if because listen, that's scary. If that should happen and fry the telegraph lines, what if it happened now? It, it would, took out all the cell phones and satellites and power grids. And, we would be. I fucked. mean, it would be Armageddon. It would be Armageddon in a week. In a week's time. You know? It'd be Armageddon and overnight, bro. Come on. You know how these apes act. There's fucking silverback gorillas out here that don't give a fuck, bro. If you, and if there was, if you, want, to be more, if you want to be more scared, a solar flare happened in 1989 that hit the northern hemisphere. 
and it fried the electrical grid in um, Montreal, some some place in, in uh, Canada. I can't remember where, and it was down for it was down for twelve hours. So it wasn't even a big solar flare, but it was like a direct hit, and it f- it it fucked them up for you know in the middle of winter. Nobody in the whole city had power for twelve hours. Sucks. And there's an easy way of pre- like I'm going to say this like I know I don't know. There's an easy way of protecting from electromagnetic pulse. It's called a Faraday cage. So I don't. Yeah, I don't, but how are you going to put a Faraday cage over satellite? You could put a you could put a Faraday cage over the Earth potentially. You could put a Faraday cage. Oh, oh seriously, you could put a Faraday cage over the sun. And you could equip it. You could equip it with solar panels from the inside, and just absorb all the fucking power and beam it back to Earth like Star Trek. You know, there's a there's a word for that. It, that there's a, it's like a, there's it's like a, a type A existence, a type B, and a type C, and a type A is you harness the power of your planet, and type B is you harness the power of your star. Mm. And yeah, it's like a science fiction scale. Mm. Like yeah, that, I mean that's been talked about a lot. To, to to do stuff like that, um, uh, they're saying you know if there was aliens that visited this planet from far away, that they would be a Type C civilization and they would have harnessed the power of their solar system, and they would be able to and they would use their star to you know to fuel things at will and uh, power their planet and uh, you know at will and be able to draw on it at will. So what, I don't know if you know about that. But. Well, no, I mean, I've heard some of that. But w- while we're being hippy-dippy and science fiction-y, what do, you think the, the, what do you think the next generation power is? What, what do you think the technology is that replaces... I think it's going to be wood. I think, I think it's going to be burning wood. <laughs> no, I think it's going to be the one the government shut down in 1912. It's going to be wireless. It's going to be Tesla-style. That's, yeah, that, that's a good story, the Tesla story. I think the government shut that shit down because big oil was going to lose too much. Because he already had that shit working, dude. He already had it. Uh, he had a, a building called the uh, Wardenclyffe Tower, and it was uh, it went two hundred feet underground for ground, and it went like uh, like ninety feet above the ground um, just to get distance. And he brought everybody out, like all the political people and all the scientific community out to this place. And he had these light bulbs on like uh, lawn spikes. And he would walk 100 yards and put this lawn spike in the ground and the light bulb would light up. And he did this up to six miles away from the, from the actual tower, which was proof that his concept of wireless power transmission worked. And as soon as they did this experiment, they burnt the tower to the ground and committed him to being insane, called him names, tried to shun him, fucking like... Started saying he was fucking his pigeons. Yeah, trying to say he was doing crazy shit, bro. And it's because if he could wirelessly transmit energy for free to the whole world, then big oil was fucked. Well, you know, there's this pushback against uh, this huge uh, cultural pushback anyways against... Um, Fossil fuels, you know, they're dirty, they're, you know, depleting nature, blah, 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 all that stuff. What if all of that stuff is just so that eventually there will be an excuse to move to this? You know what I mean? Hmm. I mean, I was, yeah. You know. yeah I, hey, I'm with it. I think the technology <laughs> already exists and it's existed since the 19 teens. Oh, oh, disconnection. Disconnection. Gonna have to call that dude back. You did it, you did it on phone? 
Yeah, well, yeah, it's got a yeah, for the phone. Yeah. We lost it. We lost to Josh, but we're gonna get him back. You guys, just hold, hold still. <clears throat> country That's bumpkin. How you feel. Country bumpkin. Come on. Who? You with your. Terrible... That wasn't me, Bob. Yeah, it was your terrible signal, man. It wasn't me. How are these Um, where where do we leave off? Oh, you know, I wanted to I wanted to bring up while we're talking about energy and all that, the perpetual motion machine. Do you know this one, Kyle? Yeah. Do you, Do you know Josh? I, I think there was an episode. Like the helicoil or some shit. I can't remember. I can't remember. I know there was at least one crazy scientist that got debunked, but he was touring the world, demonstrating this machine that he built, this perpetual motion machine. It's and, called the helicoil. It was a vast thing with two nozzles pointing each direction. It was like a sphere. And you put water in it, and when you heat the water up, it blew the steam out on the top going right, and on the bottom going left, and it spun it. And it spun, 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 spun. Mm, no, I don't think so. I think that might be a different one. Uh, I know that this problem, this this idea that perpetual at a perpetual motion machine might be possible, was something like physicists were like stewing over. They, they, you know, and it was like charlatans that kept coming out with claiming that they succeeded and they didn't. And that might be the case with this guy too. I think I think it was obviously because we don't have that technology. But the theory was that you could that, that you could that you could create a machine that would produce more energy output than the energy input that you had to, to put in to get it moving and that you could just continue. It would just perpetually move. So you could have like, you know, uh, a crank moving, um, forever, you know, and you wouldn't need any more energy to in the system. It would just recycle, you know, and, and it would be like a free infinite source of energy, um, that kind of thing. And where my mind goes is they say that perpetual motion is impossible. Because there's friction, because there's gravity, because there's, you know, it, it's impossible. Um, it's always going to be possible because of magnetism. Well, that's, so that's interesting. So, so where my mind goes is like the planets spin around the sun and they rotate, right? And all that motion is happening because of gravity. And gravity... Is it happening because of gravity or is it happening because of mag, mag, magnification? I mean, magnetism. Well... Well, I mean, I think Einstein would say it's the it's gravity. It's the it's the uh, gravity in space. It's the shape. It's the shape of space and time. Uh, we lost we lost this dude again. Unbelievable, again. unbelievable. God, this how you, how are you supposed to have a professional podcast when your guests just keep dropping the dropping We're right very off. professional here at the good, Two Tongues. Good God. I'm gonna need this guy to climb up to the roof of his house. Mm. Mm. Come on, Josh. We, we might be done with Josh for the day. Yeah, possibly. All right, we'll try him back in a second. But this idea of um, this idea of uh, of perpetual motion se- seemingly existing in the in the cosmos, it's like, well, it's like, yeah, as long as the sun is there, the Earth is going to keep spinning around the sun, and the, you know, the moon's going to keep spinning around the Earth, and you know, all that stuff's going to keep... So there is perpetual motion. Mm-hmm. As far as I'm concerned, there's no end to that. As long as the sun is... And I know the sun has only, only got a 10 billion year lifespan or whatever, but then it's going to be a black hole. There's still going to be gravity. There's still going to be motion. The point is, there is perpetual motion. Mm-hmm. The cosmos is fucking always moving. Everything is moving yeah. always. The atoms are moving. You and I are moving. It's all moving. We're not moving at all. 
sitting completely still. Yeah, right and now, all man. the atoms are buzzing around in your body. Fuck you. No, I'm still. I'm f- the question is, man, is there a way of harnessing that motion for energy? That's a good question. The, mo- the motion of, of atoms, the motion of our body, the motion of the earth. It, can we harness gravity to cause a motor to spin? That's what I want to know. That'd be crazy. I think uh, people need to be working on that if they're not. Scientists, listen. Get on that. Scientific community. All right, let's give Joshua one more try. Let's see, maybe he got someplace higher up where the signal's better. Higher ground. <laughs> Dude, I'm walking all around trying to get more than one bar. I can't do it. I told I told Kyle, like, you're going to have to climb up on the roof. You're going to have to climb that hill behind the house, you know, that giant hill. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. You think I'm going to hike that, dude? I don't know if I'm physically capable of hiking that. Area. Hey, what's the temperature down there? It's uh, cold as fuck. Cold. Yeah. It's probably in the 40s or something. Oh, fuck. It's, got snow on the it's ground. like 18 here. Oh. It's cold as fuck. What's the temperature? Uh, oh. You know what the temperature is? <laughs> 22 degrees. Okay, so it's cold. All right. So anyway, yeah. what, what I was t- what I was trying to get out, I told Kyle, and I'm going to repeat it for everyone to have to listen to it again, is that uh, so the, the the notion that perpetual motion is impossible, and the technology is all you know charlatans. I was like, but look, man, everything there is perpetual motion. Everything's moving. As long as there's a sun, the Earth's going to be moving around it, and you know all of the atoms in our body are buzzing around and moving all the time. It's like I wonder if there's a way to harness that motion for energy. Is there a way for us to use gravity to turn to turn a motor? That would be a well, like I said before, a Type B civilization. Harness the power of your planet. Well, it would be the it would be the power of of the God. sun or the power of the solar system. It would be it would be that gravity. That's you know? a Type C, and that's the A, B, and C: planet, sun, and solar system. So, it, so if I invent this technology, do I, do I get a, a Type C badge that I can wear? What's the no, I think the whole scientific community would be beating down your door if you did. Mm. Well, where my mind goes is, be assassinated. You could spin, you could spin a piece of metal like crazy using the opposite and ne- or positive and negative fields of magnets. You know, you try to push it negative towards the negative, yeah. forces apart. Yeah, yeah. You could rig something up and spin the shit out of some shit. Now, how do you get the power from that? You would have to. Uh, have that spinning thing? I don't know. My brain, dude. I didn't sleep. There's yeah. got to be a way to get get to pull power off something that's in motion like that. Oh, there's got. And you could have. Con- we're not. We're not scientists. We're not. We're not here to. We're not here to give a diagram of how to build this technology. We're just. We're just spitballing, man. I mean, hell, they used to use those. Uh, you ever seen them like them old old timey farms? Where they got those big water wheels in the creek, oh, and yeah. the creek's motion turns the water wheel and gives power to the house. Yep. It, it, you know, if they're getting, if they're, if if they're creating enough power off that little, off, off that big wheel spinning that slow, mm. think how much power you could get off something where you're spinning it with a electromagnet, fucking fast as a freight train. Like, I don't know. So, I just feel so like, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw something out there because I have a little bit of information that I don't understand all that well, but it's going to sound good. So let me just throw it out there. All right. So I learned something interesting when I learned that, you know, how like 
electromagnetism is, is one thing. It's electricity and magnetism, but really it's one thing. It's, it's electromagnetism. When I first learned how they discovered that, it really blew my mind. It basically boils down to this. If you have a magnetic field and you change it at all, um, and the simplest way of doing that is just turn it on, turn it off, turn it on, turn it off. That if you do that, you create electricity. <coughs> if you change a magnetic field, you create electricity. If you change uh, an electric field, on, off, on, off, on, off, you create magnetism. That's how they found out that they were one thing. Because if you change an electric field, you create magnetism. If you change a magnetic field, you create electricity. Yep. So in jo to Josh's example... If you have a magnet that's causing something to spin, there must be a way, maybe just by, t by turning it off or changing the amplitude or something. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. There must be a way to get something to turn by, by the electricity that's produced and then to turn again by the magnetism that's produced and then turn again by the electricity that's produced and on and on and on you go. I don't see that there would be any that there would be any need for a power source that would that would be a self-sustaining thing if you could figure out how to use electricity and magnetism in in concert to spin a motor. Yeah. Dude, I want to I want to talk about electromagnetism about, you know the government tries to take every technology and turn it into a weapon. The government. I mean, you know goddamn that. government. Yes. Yes. But have you ever heard of a railgun, Kyle? Oh yeah. Yeah, railguns are fucking crazy. Sickest fucking thing what I've ever it? seen. Uh, well, listen, I'll tell you how. I, I, I was watching a show on Discovery called Future Weapons. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it before. No, but it sounds But uh, they, were t they showed a diagram of this railgun. And at the end of this episode, they actually showed a live fire. But what, the, what it is, is it's like, you know, like a maglev train uses um, magnetic... Uh, electromagnetism to hold the train oh, above the rail just a okay. little bit. Yeah. So what they do is instead of using uh, like gunpowder to make the, the forward motion mm. of the propellant, oh, they shit. use electromagnetism to speed up the, they use a tungsten bullet that's like really dense and heavy and huge. Well, it's literally just and they put rail. It, I mean. They, they put it in this, this barrel that's full of electromagnets. And they accelerate it with electromagnetism. There's no gunpowder. There's no nothing. Whoa. So there's not even any boom when it goes off. Whoa. And listen to this. They set up these uh, armored walls. They're like made out of tank armor, I think. And they were 20 feet apart. And there were 16 of them. They wanted to see how many of these walls that this, uh, gun, this, this projectile would penetrate. Okay, so this rail gun, which is fucking, it's like they had they had to build a whole boat around it. That's how big it is. So it was in the water, and the the barrel was like I don't know, like twenty eight feet, or it was big as fuck. So it's, it's they built a boat around it, and you heard it charging up, and it looked like the future, dude. Like if there was these little the lights coming out of the sides of the barrel when it was charging up, and you could hear it going. Oh, and man, when this thing went off. Chris, it shoved the whole boat underwater almost. Whoa. The, the concussive force shoved the whole ass into the boat underneath the water. And it come out of there. And the testing ground was in, I think it was in Nevada. And I can't even think of the closest water where this boat was in. But supposedly, 
it's accurate to like 3,000 miles. And they shot this motherfucking railgun, and they put a time-lapse camera on those armored walls that I was telling you about. And not only did this projectile hit dead center in the middle of these walls, mm. but it penetrated like all 22 of them. Jesus. And went so far in the ground, the round was gone. You couldn't even find it. Like that's how much power. Hey, hey, so, hey, hold on, really quickly. I gotta, I gotta pee real bad. So you keep talking. I'll be right back. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go piss. All right, keep talking. Um, what were you saying, Josh? When did, you, when did you hear about the, uh, the uh, railgun technology? I forget where specifically I heard about it, but I, yeah, I've heard about that. I heard uh, a theory that they proposed putting one into orbit, and you know, like an even larger type of one, and using it as like you know a game over kind of a weapon, you know. Yeah, just yeah. I mean, that's almost like the rods of God concept yeah, exactly. that Reagan had. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, I, I probably heard about it on Rogan. I hear. About I didn't it. hear about it. I hear Rogan. all kinds of one, shit on Rogan. No, I didn't hear about this one on Rogan. I, I, like I said, I have seen that show, but I mean, they said that that if they could make a just make it a little smaller, they could put it on airplanes. Like they built an airplane around. Uh, uh, like a hundred millimeter Gatling gun. It's called the Warthog. Do you know about that? Nope. All right. There's a fighter plane called the A1 or AC10 Warthog or something. It's that weird fighter plane with the. It looks like it's got the round engines, and it's got the big gun in the nose. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, they built that aircraft around that gun. Uh, oh, okay. Okay, so that was that was a precedent. So th- there's. They're toying with the idea of building an aircraft around a railgun. Mm-hmm. And the aircraft, they're calling it, see, now I don't know how true this is, but they said it's the SR-72 project. Remember the SR-71? Oh, yeah. It's a submarine, right? No, it's the... It's no, a, it's a plane. Yeah, it oh, was a plane, spy plane. Right. Yeah, spy plane. Remember the big, giant, long, crazy, stealth-looking thing? It was like a crane. Yeah, yeah. It was like, it was like, an, origami, anyway, like an origami crane. <laughs> You, you should just Google it while we're talking. SR-71 Blackhawk. But anyway. Blackbird or Blackbird. Uh, um, no, they're saying this SR-72 is going to have a railgun in the nose. And it's going to be able to fire from, from damn near orbit, like 80,000 feet or, or whatever, like, like height of a spy plane. But be able to hit targets on the ground and destroy cities with the the kind of force of a nuclear weapon, but without the nuclear fallout, using one of these tungsten projectiles. That is amazing. I mean, not amazing in a good way, but kind of just impressive, you know? Now, supposedly, it's a skunk works project that that uh, supposedly doesn't exist yet. It's just theorized and blueprinted and ready to go, but it hasn't been built. Now, I feel like if the public hears that, then you should already assume it's built. You know, we, we're, you know, we're getting, we're getting information 20 years after fucking, you know, so I'm going to go ahead and assume these SR-72s with these rail guns and those are already out there. Yeah, for sure. I was telling Kyle while you were pissing, Chris. Yeah. yeah. uh, About the uh, A-10 Warthog. You know what that is? Nope. It's a Vietnam era fighter plane where they built like a 90 millimeter Gatling gun. And they built the plane around it. Oh shit! You know the it's like an old 
it's a Vietnam era fighter plane with the weird round engines on the wings and yep. got the gun in the nose. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's a warthog. They built that plane around that gun. That was the whole reason they built that plane was yeah. just to fit that weapon. Yeah, we want a flying. That's what, we want a flying gun. That's what we want. Yeah. Well, that's what it was. Yeah. And it rained, and still today is like fucking rains hell on whatever it wants. Even today. And if they do this SR seventy two and they put this this uh, this this rail gun in it, I mean, just imagine a war zone. <laughs> And you don't even see nothing, you don't hear nothing, you don't nothing, and just all of a sudden, fucking catastrophe, just catastrophic, crazy, like whole cities just, just from a kinetic energy, just from the, just from the tungsten hitting the ground like a meteor. Mm. You Jesus know? Christ, man, That's terrifying. That is crazy. Terrifying. All right. Well, how about we change? You know topics? what else I want to talk about? Yes. I want to talk about. I want to talk about. Did you hear? Uh, McDonald's and H and M and like sixteen companies are pulling all their all their stores out of restaurants. You hear that? No, I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> and supposedly it's gonna really fuck their economy up real bad because it's like uh, if all these people pull out, that you're talking, uh, you know, billions of jobs. Oh yeah. That, that won't be there anymore. Yeah. And, uh, Russia's. They fun. won't be able to get like Big Macs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But they're fucking themselves, man, real bad. Yeah, the thing, uh, the thing I heard most recently was that they were bombing, um, they were bombing western cities in Ukraine, and that that borders right on NATO territory. So that that part is scary. Um, yeah, man, and I and I do wonder how how long the economic impacts of this will take to heal. You know, will they ever? You yeah. know. Yep. All the stuff going on with, uh, did you see the clip where Biden was saying that inflation, uh, he's getting ticked off because all these people are saying that inflation comes from the government spending too much money. And uh, he was like, that's not it. I forget what exactly he said, but he just pulled his typical Joe Biden line of, uh, that's bull crap, man, you yeah. know, uh, which is just fucking so stupid. Uh, he doesn't give any kind of if he just says that's dumb, come on, give me a break, yep. and then that's it. Yeah. Um, but okay, maybe inflation is not caused by the government spending too much money, but it's caused by the government printing more money to be able to spend. So it kind of is. It, it I is. Mean, yeah, yeah, you're talking about both sides of your ass. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's fucking stupid. Uh, but I, I'm, I mean, how many people are just going to hear that and say, "Oh, well, that's not what it, that's not what inflation is," you know? Yeah. Lots of people. Dude, Joe Biden, I think, might go down as the worst president ever. No doubt. No doubt. He's like Woodrow Wilson level bad. You know? I but mean, this at, dude is like a fucking geriatric Herbert, fucking joke. Herbert Hoover level bad. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I have no faith. Henry Harrison bad. That was a shot of Kyle. <laughs> Hell, he, he wasn't that bad. He died like two days into his presidency. No, I was just joking. <laughs> with your That's it. So, so um, I don't know if you guys remember this from your, the history books, but uh, there were so many people um, living in shanty towns um, after the Great Depression, when the Great Depression started, that they called them Hoovervilles. They had whole communities of, of people living in boxes. And I have to just m to take make a nod to... Oregon and to California where they fucking live in Hoovervilles today. Are they going to call them Bidenvilles? Should we start calling them Bidenvilles? 
<laughs> it would fit. Bidenberg. 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 I like that. Do you, man, do you know, do you know all those, like, you know, obviously you know how bad the homeless problem is in California. I mean, I. Because you just mentioned it. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. But, I don't know. I've seen pictures. Oh, it's so you know? bad. If you just listen to Joe Rogan talk about it, it's cringy as fuck. Yeah. But these people, by law, by the state law of California, have the right to put their motherfucking box in your yard, and you can't kick them out. Jesus Christ. There's no private property that's in California, that, then. That's that Democratic motherfucking governor, mayor, whatever, man. It's just that that wrong way, man. It's like, oh, I can't even, I can't hate on it enough. I can't think of something evil enough to say about how I feel about it. It's terrible. Terrible. It's terrible. Rogan talked, uh, you know, like you said, about how bad it is in California. Apparently there's a huge homeless problem in Austin, too, where he moved to. I mean, I don't think it's proportionally as big as L.A., Yeah. but apparently there's a real big homeless problem in Austin. Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Hey, Josh. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever delved into this topic, but I'll just ask you. Do you think the... How, how far into America... Do you think the Vikings got the Vikings? The Vikings. I think the Vikings got uh, probably into Missouri, Kansas. Maybe I think they got probably through the East Coast, definitely from tip to, t- from, to from tail to tip, all the way from Florida to Maine. Mm. And I think they got as far deep as the Gateway to the West, probably Missouri. Have, have you seen those documentaries um, where where they found like Viking swords and rune stones in Minnesota and like you know places way way further away than they than they think? Like Leif Erikson was supposed to have landed in uh, Canada and Vinland, right? Uh, just like north of Maine, someplace in like Nova Scotia. I don't know something like that. Mm-hmm. And and there's really no other physical evidence that si- that they believe, but they found some really interesting shit in the United States. That's no, why I asked. Well, do you know about all those? Uh, rune stones and shit that they uh, they pulled out of the ground that's in the Smithsonian. The, the Kensington they, rune stone? No, the, there's like 20 of them, dude. When they were when they were building, uh, when they were laying out the, the the fuck my words. When they were laying out the blueprints for like Washington D.C. and laying out the blueprints for Philly and all this all the early states. Yep. They removed these huge stones with like Viking runes and shit on them to make streets and shit. And they removed them and all of them ended up in the Smithsonian in the basement, bro. They don't display them. They don't talk about them, but there's photographs of them. If you see Google search it, there's photographs of mm-hmm. them and they came from all kinds of States on the East coast, bro. There's that's, tons of them. That's super interesting. It, and they were all, what they were, were landmarks. They were like claims, I think. Yes. Ain't that what a rune stone is? It's like a land claim? Um, well, some of them, I mean, they're, mar- they're used as markers, so it could have been used for that kind of a thing, for sure. Um, Kyle and I are looking at a picture of the Kensington rune stone. I think they found this in Minnesota. Um, and there's like black and white pictures of it because it was found way, way back. So it's, no, I'm familiar with it. Yeah, super cool. Super cool, man. And uh, and there's also there's also stories, Josh. You probably remember this. Maybe you can remember better than me. But there's stories, Native American stories, about um, people that they interacted with that had red hair. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I know about this. I can't, but I can't remember what tribes or where. But they definitely exist. It's cool. I think they might. They, 
think they might even exist out in the Southwest. Like that far. It was, uh, it was, it was, uh, up close to Canada at the top, like Montana and shit. It was them Indians. Okay. It was like, uh, like the Blackfeet. Yeah. 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 It was the Montana fuckers and them goddamn Wisconsin fuckers. But yeah, it it wasn't like, you know, the ones in down in Southern America, like all the, like the real crazy Comanches and shit that was in <laughs> Texas and Louisiana and shit. Like they were the craziest ones. I think the ones that you're talking about that did interact and trade with the red haired people. I don't know what you want to call them. Probably Vikings. I would assume all were in the North, like Montana, Wisconsin, you know, all the, that border Canada, like up there. Mm. Oh, you know, to what, my man? understanding now, I could be wrong. I, I just, could be wrong. Oh, but. there's a, there's a, you know what? There's just one of these details that popped in my head. It's like a tribe up there in Canada. Um, the Micmac. I can't remember what the tribe's called. I'm, I'm going to embarrass myself, but they have a flag, like a tribal flag. And it's, and it's like something really similar to a, to a Viking flag. I can't remember, man, I can't remember the details, hmm. but there's some interesting. I know what you're talking about. I can't remember the details either, but I know what you're talking about. There's some interesting When you put their flags like next to each other, it's like, the same thing, but reverse. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. Some interesting shit there. Speaking of Vikings, did you read any more of that those books? Um, um, I've I've not gotten too far into either of them, you know. But uh, actually, the the Kalevala I haven't even started at all. I've been I, I started with the Norse one, but no, I haven't had a chance to get much farther into it. All right, I expect interesting stories out of you from time to time as you're reading it all right. to bring them on the podcast. You, yeah. You know. Well, I talked about. Um, the, the creation myth is pretty interesting. Uh, I mean, I just think it, it's, it seems so, what am I trying to say? When you look at a creation myth and you try to interpret it literally, it just seems so silly. You know, it's, um, and that, that the Norse one is no exception. It's like, um, you know, there's this, gi- this giant gap, uh, this void, and there's also a world of fire and a world of ice and, you know, the mixing of it uh, creates the world. And I I don't know. It just when you interpret it more metaphorically, it, it, I mean, obviously it takes on more meaning. Um, but I, that's I just feel that way about all creation myths, you know, like um, I, that's one thing that turned me off of Christianity when I was young is that the the literal interpretation of the creation myth, you know, yeah, it just seems so silly. You mean this, the seven days business? Yeah, yeah, the, all of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Josh, do you, do you think the universe was created or do you think it's always existed? Well, it was definitely created. We learned that when we found the Higgs boson. And how do you tie those together? The Higgs boson gives mass to matter, right? Right. Well, I mean, let's go back to Kyle's mention of the Bible. Uh, You know, the Lord is looking over the deep, the void, you know, and then let there be light. And the Higgs boson it goes off and it starts creating matter, planets, and, um, you know, uh, it just uh, it kind of ties together. So, I mean, when we found that thing, when that damn particle accelerator found that thing, it changed everything I thought. Because I've seen, I don't know, if, now that I think about it, it might have been like a cartoony type recreation. I don't think it was an actual video <laughs> of, of, of subatomic it. particles probably not yeah yeah so it was like some kind of yeah like animation of it but it but it was true to fact it's like you know 
it looks like an explosion is what it looks like when these particles hit each other. And in that second, this Higgs boson only exists long enough to start taking on, I don't know if you call it mass or matter or whatever, but as soon as it takes it on, it becomes something else. It's no longer a Higgs boson. It's something different immediately. Boom, it's something different. Mm. It exists for a second, and then it's something different. And then that something different continues to grow through picking up other particles. Everything's attracted to it. And then, you know, it, it, uh, it, I don't know. It was amazing, bro. It made me believe in the Big Bang. Yeah, and I don't know if the Big Bang is uh, what, you know, God is talking about in the Bible with the void and let there be light. But yeah. it sounds like the Big Bang. Yeah, it does. It does. So there, there are people, because we don't really know, um, like, we don't really know whether the universe is expanding forever, like the Big Bang started pushing everything apart and that just goes on forever. No, I think or, there's scientific proof that, that it is, that it, it's expanding still, getting further it, away yes. and everything's getting further away. Yes, that is true. But there's, but nobody knows if that's going to happen forever. So, it, it, it you know, right now, you're right, everything is expanding out. And when we measure it, we can tell that the things further away are moving faster away than the things that are closer. So things are getting exponentially further away from each other all the time. But nobody knows whether that's going to stop at one point, whether it's going to start collapsing back in on itself. And it's kind of an interesting idea. It's like it's possible that the universe continues to expand forever until every planet every star is, is is an isolated thing with nothing around it you know it's infinitely black around it with you know what i mean like that's a, one possibility it's it's called the heat death of the universe that's what they call that if the universe keeps expanding forever at some point all the stars are going to burn out um all of the uh, atoms are going to be so far from each other they can't even interact anymore everything is going to well, well I, 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 I have to stop you go ahead well what about um what do they call that? Uh, that new science, where they say no matter how how far two atoms are apart, if one Entang reacts, other one reacts. Entanglement, yeah, yeah. Quantum entanglement. Okay, so you have to bring that into effect. If everything gets so far away, blah blah blah, like you're saying, in quantum entanglement, uh, is that is that factual or theoretical? They say it's factual, but I would like to see the proof. I don't know what the proof is of that, because what they say is that you could have two two particles that are entangled and that that happens because they were created in a single event they're connected to each other and that and if you believe in the big bang then you kind of have to imagine everything is entangled but in any case they they say that you could separate two particles that are entangled by infinite amounts of t distance and if one changes the other one will change to mirror it immediately without any time difference which means there's no signal going from one to the other because it happens instantly. So yeah, they, yeah. they say that, but first of all, how can you, how can you test? How can you, first of all, how can you send a particle infinitely far from another one? And how can you test that hypothesis? I really don't understand that. I, this is one of the reasons why I want a scientist on this fucking podcast. I got questions. Well, they say that, they say that China, they say that China is, uh, they invented teleportation with that quantum entanglement. They said they can send, uh, they can send information. I forget what they where they were sending it from the ground to a satellite or something. And 
it was like a teleportation. It was the only way you can define it would be teleportation. Mm, and they're using these quantum computers and quantum entanglement to, to do it. It's like breaking news. It was on the news last night. Huh. You should look that shit up, man, because it's crazy. Interesting. Yeah, you know, I, I, China invented teleportation, bro. Look, search that shit. China, I think the technology that's going to be coming out of China, you know, barring some kind of like asteroid impact or something is going to be crazy over the next few decades because they're like culturally engineering themselves to be like, you know, have a higher population of engineers and things like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you think you look at the amount of people who go into those, those kind of fields uh, in China as compared to here. And it's like through the fucking roof. Says they've, yeah. they've sent a packet of information from Tibet to a satellite above the Earth's surface. They beamed quantum state of a photon. So I don't know. Are you, are you, did you look it up? Is I'm, that I'm, what you read? Yeah, that's what I'm reading. That's what I'm reading. Quantum is it teleportation or not? <laughs> that's, that's that's the word they're using to describe it. It seems like what they're teleporting is information. You know, we can already so do- far, yeah. But they said the scientist person said that uh, that it's it's. They have the math. They could. They haven't done it, but they said they can transport mass the same way, or matter. I mean, the same way. Yeah, yeah that's that'd be an interesting thing to see. You know what what the future holds, man. I don't know. I mean, we, we you know, like in the old days, sci-fi was said would suppose that we would be able to break our bodies down to the atoms that they're made of, and then re, and then, yep, and then re and then reconstitute them somewhere else, and you know. They didn't even have to but be the hasn't same. Hasn't it been at- proven? Hasn't it been proven over over your lifetime, over my lifetime? Science fiction always becomes science fact. In one, yeah, in one eventually, in one form or another, you're right. Yeah, we live in a Jetsons world. We live in a we live in a more technologically advanced world than the Jetsons did. Yeah. You know, I had a thought one time that I tried to explain to you, Chris, and I don't know if you I don't know if you understood it, but remember when I was like, dude, anything that you can imagine can eventually be possible and you're not your brain won't allow you to imagine it if it's not possible do you remember me telling you that thought no but that's an interesting thought yeah anything you can think of can be done i I believe that your brain you cannot think of something that can't be done you think it can't be done but eventually technology will make it possible you think something's complete horseshit when you come up with with the thought and then you're sitting in your rocking chair in 30 years and they're doing the shit. I don't think the human brain is capable of, of thinking of coming up with something that isn't possible. Then why don't we have lightsabers yet? <laughs> I mean, time will tell, bro. So, so I'm going to, I'm going to spin that a different direction for you, Josh. I'm, I'm going to say, just realize like the, like the magic in what you just said, that, that a human being has the ability, our consciousness has the ability to, to drum up, uh, you know, amazing ideas and concepts and not just drum them up, bring them into actuality. It's like something about our consciousness is creative the way that we think of God creating the universe. We can think something up in our psyche. We can have, we can hold some form in our mind and then we can make it real. That is fucking amazing. That's what makes human beings like God. You know? Yeah, it's what separates us from the beasts, bro. That's that's Adam eating the apple. That's I mean, that's what however you want to look at it, but yeah, I agree. I'm gonna name this episode Adam eating the apple. <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting, man. I just think I, I'm just fascinated by consciousness and I've been reading about it a lot. I, I, re, I finished reading this book called The Conscious Mind by David Chalmers, which is which we've talked about a little bit uh, already. It's super interesting. Just the way that he frames understanding what consciousness is. It's like the, the kind of thing that I, I don't know that I would have ever thought about it that way if I was given a hundred lifetimes of, to think about it. And then, I re, then I've been reading this Peter Shirstead Hughes guy talk about consciousness and it's blowing my mind. Um, he, he introduced me to this guy called Alfred North Whitehead. And I'm going to, uh, this coming Wednesday, I'm going to have an episode about Alfred North Whitehead. I'm going to have to learn more about him. I, I say, I, I say that after I read those two chapters that Alfred North Whitehead, he, he now has a face on my Mount Rushmore. Like oh, wow. he, he's got one of the faces. After two chapters? After two chapters. Yeah, man. And the thing, the thing that's like the most disheartening to me about it is he was a fan of Spinoza and Whitehead was a mathematician. Spinoza was a mathematician. And I struggle with math my whole life. And I feel like I'm really missing some shit. When somebody like Plato, when he started his academy, I know Josh was, wasn't talking very good about Plato, but when Plato started his academy, he, he put a phrase above the door of, of the academy that's, I don't remember exactly what it said, but something like, he who's ignorant of geometry can't enter here. You need to know math in order to be a philosopher. And I, and I, you know, I just, that's such a weakness for me, man. Like, I can't really understand the quantum stuff because I don't understand the math. I'm intimidated by it. Mm -hmm. And I just wonder, like, might I understand more if I just put the fucking work in and learn the math? What yeah. am I going to do at 36 years old? I'm going to open up a math textbook? Yeah, man. Start taking, like, a Khan Academy courses. Yeah. You could. I, I think it's interesting, too, but I just, like, my level of math is, like, I'm sure so much farther below yours, and you say that you're, you, you struggle with it, so. Oh, man. I fucking suck at math, man. Always have. Hey, wh while we're on this subject, I like asking, I like asking philosophical questions to Josh, because I feel right. like, because I feel like it's possible that he's never been asked the question before, and I'm interested to hear how somebody would answer it who hasn't read philosophy like this is a question that comes up if you take philosophy 101 and it, and, it, and it comes from a guy named david hume and it goes like this can you derive an ought from an is let, let me explain that he says he doesn't think it's possible to derive an ought from an is when you hear somebody say what you ought to do okay that's what he means he's like how how is if i know everything there is to know about the world if I know how everything is, I know all the is's, I know everything there is to know about the world, would knowing all of that information help me to know what I should do? Can you derive an ought from an is? If you knew everything there was to know about the world, would that help you in the slightest to know what you should do with your life? What you is it possible to know everything there is to know? If it was possible, hypothetically. Oh, okay, if. Do you think I don't like questions with ifs. I think, um, hypothetically, if it was possible, I, don't, I think that you could certainly get a lot of value out of knowing everything, yeah. you know? Um, but can you make an art if you know everything? Should you, well, if, should, can you say this ought to be this way? I think on some level you can say if you're cold, you ought to put on a jacket. Uh, but I don't know if that's the same thing, you know? Um, no. No, I, think no yeah. I, think it's a, I think it's a moral question. And in, the, well, and the way that Jordan Peterson describes moral, which is a really interesting way, he, he basically says that 
when you make a choice, you make a value judgment, which I think is, a, let, let me, let me put, put this, I'll try to explain this. Like if I, if I have to make a choice between two sandwiches, the one I pick, I think is better than the other one, or I wouldn't have picked it, okay? He says, everything you ever do in your life is like that. When you have to make a choice, should I cheat on my wife or should I not? That's a moral question because you're picking value. You're saying, I think this is more valuable than this. And so it becomes a moral question, which I thought was really fucking interesting because when you're not talking about like questions of good and evil, like should I cheat on my wife? If you're thinking about like what career should I do or should I study hard for this test? Every single time you make a choice, you're, you're making a moral decision. And the question is, can you figure out any moral decisions? Can, you, can anything about the way the world is, all the physics and all the knowledge in the world, did any of that stuff help you make a moral decision? Because that, that's, what it, yeah. that's what you're asking. What do you value? Only you get to decide. How you decide is a fucking mystery. No, if you know everything, if, 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 with the capital if, you know everything, then your moral decisions are always going to be correct. Because you know everything. That's why I didn't like the question. I feel like it's you, unanswerable. You think so? Because like, what comes to my mind is like an AI robot that goes mad, that wants to protect humanity from it, from itself, so it kills everybody. You know, like you know, you you can you can think of a of a a, ra a rational decision by a robot who knows everything, who makes that choice that you and I would say is not moral, but but. <laughs> But the robot doesn't know. It has no concept of that. It says to itself, you know, I have to protect human beings. Human beings kill each other. I have to kill all the human beings. You know, so, something like that. You could, you could think that there might be logic that gets you there. But, but the robot would, would not have a moral dog in the fight. Yeah. Um, I'm too tired for that. I'm lost. <laughs> all right. N another subject then. The subject of resurrecting extinct animals. Oh man, like very possible. genetics. They're trying to bring back the woolly mammoth. Yeah, they're trying to. Bring... They, I said they, they already had a couple of live births of woolly mammoths, but they didn't live, right? That's what I heard. Oh, I didn't hear that. That would be fucking amazing if that if they tried. Yeah, that. they they got they. I guess they got the the genetic material from the permafrost. <clears throat> yep. And they found a pregnant one, and that was like the very best genetic material you could find was like something in the fetus or something in the placenta or something like woolly mammoth stem and cells. They, uh, yeah i don't know supposedly and they they artificially inseminated an african elephant and they had uh three or four live births of woolly mammoths but they didn't live they mm. they died very very fast but i gotta fact check you uh, on this because this is fantastic hold on i mean i don't know if that's true or not but i heard that somewhere that there was live births and it has been done and they just can't get him to live. That is interesting. Let's see. Female woolly mammoth gave birth to nine babies. No, that's not it. But <laughs> but they're raising money. They got $15 million that they've raised to try to bring the mammoth back to life. And I just saw a uh, an article the other day that said they were going to bring back a uh, giant island rat somewhere. Scary. A giant island rat? Doesn't sound like a well, good they would idea. Need, they would need the genetic material from this rat. Where are they getting it from? The permafrost, like the mammoth, or well, what? I, I think I didn't read the article, but I think the the those ex, uh, species went extinct, let like you know more recently. So they have they they have you know what they need, I guess. But but even weirder than okay. that, even weirder than that is the one about the story about the mouse that gave birth without 
a father. They they genetically listen, man. I I read that, didn't you? Yes. Yeah, yeah. They genetically messed with this female mouse so that when the when the I, I, God, I'm not a, this is where I wish I was a fucking scientist. Point is, there's something that happens when the gametes meet and one half of the DNA from your, from your mom and one half from your dad get together, that she, they were able to bypass that part of the process so that it can just copy its own DNA. So this, basically, this mouse creates clones and has, you know, reproduces as if it were, as if it were doing a normal reproduction, but has a litter of clones. I mean, we're going back to the Bible again. I mean, was this a virgin birth? Was this from a diamel? Yes, a virgin birth. It's crazy. It's weird as hell. It's it's one thing. Make- a- fucking aliens came, did that shit to to Mary, bro. And she had the motherfucking virgin birth mouth, man. <laughs> <laughs> do you, do you think do you think there was a historical Jesus, Josh, like an actual Jesus who lived? I do. I believe that he was, that he did exist, that he was a man. And I don't know if he was a prophet or walked on water. He did miracles. I don't know about any of that. That could be just making the story bigger than it is. I don't know. But I believe that the man, Jesus of Nazareth, did exist. Do you think there was... I believe they, they crucified somebody, bro. Yeah. They crucified lots of do, people. Do you think there was a real a real Moses? Uh, nope, we didn't. Oh. But I am but I am oh. getting this call I was expecting, so let me just stop. Oh. And we're back. We were talking about whether there was a historical Jesus and a historical Moses. And then and I told Josh we really only have like ten minutes because that was that was the heating and cooling guy who's gonna come out and fix my furnace and it's fucking cold, so it's a priority. Yes indeed. So Josh Josh mentioned listening to we were talking about Kanye last time we talked to Josh, mm-hmm. and he, he heard about uh, some other rapper. He said that was Kanye-ish, and he was digging, and he wanted to talk about it. So why don't you do that, Josh? What's up? What do you got for us? Oh, no. I just knew one of you guys was a Kanye fan, and I listened to I this Kanye. album by this rapper by this rapper named Lupe Fiasco. Oh, I've heard of that guy. He's been around Dude, for a long time. To his first, if you listen to his first album called Food and Liquor from beginning to the end, it, I mean... He's, I mean, he's a fucking super brilliant rapper, dude. I mean, yep. you got it. I mean, golly, it it was good, dude. Who are your favorite was, guys? Was, what do you mean, top five? Yeah, I mean, just yeah, sure. Dead or alive? Yeah, anything. Uh, hate this question. <laughs> I mean, in no order. Yeah, no, I mean, Biggie's you know. in there because his storytelling is just amazing. Who did you say? I Biggie. couldn't hear you. No, sorry if Big's in there because oh, his yeah. storytelling. Yep. His storytelling and his wordplay is amazing. Uh, Jay-Z has just got to be because of his longevity and the quality. And I'm putting Lupe in there, dude. I'm putting Lupe in there. All right. Um, I'm putting uh, Pusher T from Clips in there. I never listened to any of that. Uh, you never listen to clips grinding. Do, 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 do. Nope. You remember that? Nope. <laughs> uh, it's like cocaine rap. It's like uh, hustle rap stuff, but I like that shit. So I love that there's genres of rap because I I don't know any of that shit. I don't. Yeah. It's like Young Jeezy and like you know they only rap about cocaine. It's like what they rap about. Yeah, it sounds terrible. <laughs> well, like Rick Ross and I know Rick Pusha Ross T. a little bit. Uh, well, only that's, from that's being on Kanye. Kanye. Well, that's coke rap. All right, coke rap. Yeah. Uh, Does it have to do with like the beats, or is it just like no? The, it's, it's just what they about talk about. Coke. That's it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. That's so what I, I, didn't, talk about. I was thinking about 
rapping about being high on cocaine, not necessarily no, selling no, cocaine. No, 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 no. That makes more sense. Yeah, yeah I, I was thinking high on cocaine myself. Yeah, yeah. All right, that's, that's where my mind goes. Um, yeah, no, I, I don't. My, my top five. I don't even think I have enough for a top five. It's like uh, Biggie is definitely up there for me too. Probably number one. If I had to pick a favorite, it'd probably be Notorious B.I.G. Uh, Kanye's up there. Um, the great Eminem, you guys. Oh, Eminem, sake. yeah. No. Although Eminem kind I don't of annoys think Eminem's me. Eminem's even in the top ten. Fuck off. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. That's how I feel. I mean, I, I don't have I feel any. like he's he's funny and stuff, and he's witty, but, you know. That's what I That's what I like. Yeah. I like, I like, no, I like witty. Yeah, well, I like, listen to Lupe, bro. Listen I, to Lupe. I think um, Shia LaBeouf. It's probably up there for that freestyle yeah, they did on Shade just Four cause Five. Free, just because he freestyles, don't mean he's a rapper. <laughs> no, it was pretty cool, man. Album. It was pretty Shia cool. Awesome. <laughs> I do love Shia LaBeouf. You know, I guess in in French that would be pronounced Labeve. 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 Mm, that sounds hot. Yeah, absolutely. Ask my wife about Labeve. Labeve. Um. Yeah. Who else is on the top? Chris, who you, who's in your? Oh, I guess notorious. Uh, I already said notorious. Big Bone Thugs. Yeah, if I had to, you know, because I'm stretching at this point. Yeah, I my, don't know. My, my roster's pretty thin. Uh, pretty thin. Um, I like Royce Five Nine. Um, I like yes, Royce. Yes, <laughs> Royce. Oh, have you ever? You got to listen to a mixtape called DJ Premier and Static Selector present Royce Five Nine the Bar Exam. Yeah, you told me about. Oh that. man, you told me about that. Once. Oh, dude, it changed my life. It changed my life, that fucking guy. Jesus, me. The bar exam. Not the bar exam, too, because there's like one, two, and three. The first one. Mm. Uh, Do you remember? I got it. Dude, I got it in this podcast. I'm getting a phone call, dude. Okay. No no worries, man. We're we're almost out of time. Love you, too, man. Thanks for being on. Yeah, bye. All right, ladies and gents. What else you got, Kyle? Uh, You know, I was just... Thinking of, I've been thinking a lot about the inflation thing, man. Like, I just put gas in my car today. Oh, shit, yeah. It's fucking crazy, man. I remember when 9-11 happened, there was this, uh, you know, well, maybe not right when 9-11 happened, but in that period of, like, you know, tenseness with the Middle East that, you, you know, that is still kind of going on, um, there was, like, a meme. Uh, it was fake. It was not real of uh, a gas station with gas prices super high because yeah. of it. And you know what they had it at? Four sixty nine. Four dollars oh, is what they added at. Yeah, now yeah. it's higher than that. Yeah, it's crazy, man. It's fucking crazy, man. I, I, I was going to say this at some point on the podcast. Maybe I did. I don't remember. Uh, but I know I was thinking it at one point. Um, I have no faith that the election won't be rigged, you know? Yep. Um, just at, with everything that happened last time, they never did a good job of, you know, making people feel like there's... There's no way that it was rigged, you know? I don't think many people feel that way. Right. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't, but not a lot of people are going around being like, I couldn't believe that it was rigged, right. you they, know? They definitely didn't do, in my opinion, much of anything yeah. to relieve people's minds who were concerned that it was rigged. Mm-hmm. So that's worrisome. So I have no faith that it won't be rigged, but if it wasn't, I feel like Donald Trump would fucking spank Joe Biden right now. No doubt about it. I mean, no doubt about he's it. just not doing well. No, uh-uh. And I wonder how much of this Joe Biden had control of, um, but what a, what a yeah. shit sandwich this guy's dealing with. Sure. Yeah. Golly. 
I, yeah, and, he's, and he's not doing a very good job exactly. of managing. That's it, you know? yeah, he did inherit. I mean, like like every president pretty much has. Um, this shit with the economy, the inflation, was bound to happen eventually. You know what I mean? They just keep kicking the can down the road, printing more money, making the problem fucking worse. Yep. Um, but it's you know, I feel like uh, what's the guy's name? Brilliant economic guy. He's been on Rogan. Peter Schiff. Oh yeah, yeah. Um. You know, people are always like, you know, he's always like the sky's falling, uh, but it's fucking falling. I mean, you know, maybe they'll be able to figure something out to make it not as painful as it could be. But I mean, it could get bad, you know, it could. It could. Yeah. Yeah. I hate to go pessimistic, but, you know. Yeah, man. I mean, it doesn't take much and all that stuff compounds. Um, You know, it's like they're talking about getting or uh, temporarily getting rid of the gas tax so that we can save like 20 something cents a gallon. That would be great. You say that, but all that money goes to fund government programs and then that's then those well, programs those programs don't have money to operate and they're borrowing more. I do think it would probably work though on some level. I mean, maybe it would be hard for those programs and the people benefiting from those programs in the the short term, yep. but I bet you it would be good long term. Yeah, yeah, I don't disagree. That would be a sure way to shrink the government, and I kind of I'm on board with that idea. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, it, Dewine's not not in favor of it. You know, yeah. for that reason, he he's like, eh, well, you're cutting off the coffers. I don't think I want to do that. Yeah. Uh, like, what's twenty cents a gallon going to do for you know people's well being day to day? You know, something. And for some people, it's it's significant. You know. Yeah. Uh, but it, you know, could easily. It's already we're already seeing it with food. You know, and energy. Yeah. Oh man, becoming... food it's ridiculous. I, I went to the grocery store the other day and I guess this is the first time I really noticed it. Mm. But I got I went there and I was just picking up a few things, you know. It's not like I was grocery shopping. Yep. Just picking up a few things that I needed to complete a couple of meals through the week and some like snacks, you know. Uh and it was like 75 fucking dollars. Yeah, yeah, man. It's like what the fuck? Yeah. Uh, and then the gas, I, yeah, it's, shit's shit's going to get interesting. Yeah. I, they, they were showing the gas prices this morning on the news, and they were showing diesel prices being, you know, even higher. And the guy's yeah, like, "My car's a diesel." Oh yeah, yeah. He's like, um, "Look, n- n- most cars aren't diesel, but trucks are. Yep. And they're bringing your shit in. And if you don't, if you think that that hike in the diesel prices is it going to result in a hike in the merchandise that they're bringing in here, you're out of your fucking mind." Yeah. It's it, you know so so inflation's one thing. And uh, printing money, you know, uh, de- devaluing our currency by printing money is one thing. But that's another insidious way of making it worse, you know. Uh, when prices go up, those prices get, those hikes get passed on to the consumer, you know. Oh, for sure. And there's plenty of liberals out there that rant and rave and say that the corporations are, um, you know, are uh, selfish and they're, they're getting record profits and they're not passing any of the savings on to us and all that. And some of that's true. Some of that's true. And, you know, but uh, I really don't know where I land on that. Some of it's true. How, how big of a problem is corporate greed in the grand scheme of things? I think printing money is a much, much bigger problem. Yeah, for sure. Um, when I see corporate greed, I guess I just don't see it the way that they do. I think that it is, you know, um, it's a factor for sure. But I also think that for the vast majority of like any kind of industry, it benefits the seller to be as affordable as possible. Absolutely. Um, 
Now, again, I do think that there's maybe scenarios where, like medications, things like that, things that people need, you know, or they're going to be sick or die, where they maybe take advantage. Um, also brainwashing people into believing that they need way more of that stuff than they need. Mm. Um, but for the most part, I think even, even pharmaceuticals, I think it benefits the companies t- for people to be able to purchase it. Because yeah, if absolutely. they can't purchase it, what the fuck is the point? Absolutely. So that's what Henry Ford uh, worked out when he said he, you know, he, in order to make his company successful, he said, I want to build a car that even the people who work here can buy. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what he did, man. Yeah. And that's what made Henry Ford, a, uh, you know, a legend. You look at the things that really drive up the price of things. And most of the time, it's not the cost of the industry that does it. It's uh, external factors, um, you know, taxes. I mean, obviously my mind goes there, Fee, you know, um, needless fees and things that you yeah. have to pay. Oh, but yeah. I mean, a lot of it is also like transportation. If you make cars, you then have to ship those cars all over the fucking place. So um, that's obviously going to drive up costs, but. You bet your ass. Yeah. You bet your ass. Especially now with the gas full circle, as high as it is, you know, it's. No wonder prices are going up. It's it's ridiculous, man. And on that note, <laughs> such a happy note to end on. <laughs> well, you get, so you got to go pay this HVAC guy. I yeah, wonder if the price of that's going to go up. I really hope that guy can fix it because it's awful cold. Uh, at, at one point, at what point, my wife comes down and removes the little space heater out of the office because it must be getting cold upstairs. Yeah. So I'm going to go put some freaking pants on, I guess. All right, guys. Thanks for hanging with us for another outrageous episode outrageous hasta la vista baby bye bye well there you have it that's one avenue explored but infinitely more still to go I hope you enjoyed thinking along with us I know I know it's not easy work thinking it's hard and full of uncertainties but i'm grateful for the company as we trek through this together here's to hoping that the juice is worth the squeeze see what i did there let's find out together in the next episode